The plunge is always scary, but taking it always pays off. So without succumbing to fear, let's dive in. All right, we're back. We are back in the original location, another room that we've used. And shooting this after our episode, and it's the second time we're saying we're back <laughs> this episode. Uh, this episode, we do something very different. It's something that we hope to do more of. Um, we view ourselves as in conversation with all of these different thinkers that have inspired us and influenced us. And one that you've heard us talk a lot about is Sam Harris, who we love. Um, and another one that you guys know a lot about is Yuval Noah Harari. So what we decided to do, and this is something that we'll do sporadically, hit us with feedback at ErnieMB at gmail.com or by texting me because I know a lot of you have a, my number. Um, but what we decided to do this time, and it's something hopefully we'll do more frequently, is base our conversation in a podcast that we loved. And this will do two, a few things. One, it's going to give you uh, an episode that we love. If you want to get into Sam Harris, you're not into him. You want to get into Yuval Noah Harari, you're not into him. Um, or you love both of them, then we'll throw the link of that episode in the show notes. You could check that episode out um, first. And these are episodes that were, you know, game changers for me. Um, yeah, yeah we, we strongly recommend you listen to this episode before you listen to our episode. Not that you won't be able to follow us, but... The reason we're analyzing this episode is because we think there's so much to gain by listening to it. Right. And now you don't have to. If you just, you know, have a thing for us, uh, you know, fine. Uh, listen to this episode and then hopefully in the middle you'll be inspired to check out um, this episode. But this episode we listened to a few years ago. I think it was a game changer for me. It's probably what inspired me to go on um, my meditation retreat. Um, yeah. And uh, probably one of the, f not one of the first, one of the earlier one of Sam's episodes that, I li that I've listened to. So it inspired me to, you know, Listen yeah. to more of Sam and, and go in this direction. Yeah, so that's thought. a great, great episode. Um, so you could definitely check that out. You could also start our conversation and then maybe you'll be inspired to check it out, whatever you want to do. The beginning of the conversation starts out a little bit technical. Um, so if you're having a hard time with it, you have that forward thing, just jump ahead a little bit or just fight through it depending on your personality. But at the end, it really opens up. You'll get our, our traditional takes. We'll go off the rails. Um, yeah. We hit a lot of the ideas that we hit in the games episode, which I know is awesome, and, and just advancing that conversation. And uh, it's really, I think this is a, a great episode, so I'm excited for you guys to check it out. I'm excited to be able to share the things that inspired us with you um, and make you a part of this bigger conversation with us. And uh, our audience has really been growing, so I'm excited about that also. So uh, yeah, let's just keep doing it, and uh, we're going to jump into that conversation. Enjoy. So they started with meditation, which is great. Yeah, that was hilarious. And revisiting the conversation, so they talk about meditation. Yuval goes on 60-day silent meditation retreats yearly. Yeah, that was 30 to 60 day. 30 to but 60 that, day. That is radical. I don't. It sounds amazing. And he's a uh, he's an author and a functioning person and a professor and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, professors have uh, cyclical calendars. I guess he doesn't have classes to teach. Yeah, it was an inspiration to me. And he doesn't have kids. Yeah, the first time I heard I heard it, I remember being like, wow. And then now listening to it again, and you find out that the retreat that he went on is the same one that we go on. Actually, yeah, and he learned with Goenka himself. We, our retreat, we uh, watched videos of Goenka's teachings. And some of the ideas that he was talking about were, were exactly the things that we had learned. So yeah. it was like, and I think this was the episode that influenced us to go on the retreat, at least me, I would say. Probably. Probably this one most. Uh, there's been a bunch that influenced us, but this one was like, he goes on 60-day retreats, and you see the way that he weaves his, his insights from meditation into these ideas that he's writing books about, and I think that that's what makes it so cool for both him and Sam. Yeah, Sam said that. You know, I, th I think it's apparent that your, uh, you know, meditation, that you meditate based on your works. Yeah. Um, what I found interesting was that Yuval is like this, you know, hyper-rational scientist in a way, similar to Sam, and yet he was willing to accept uh, a lot of the claims that Goenka made that, not the, not the ones that I found objectionable, but the ones that may not have much backing. Like the idea that everything we do is a reaction to a sensation. Like, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, so let's give, him, let's give him a little background just on, on what the teaching is, I guess, because sure. it's a good opportunity. So we went on a meditation retreat, and we've spoken a little bit about what our experience was, but basically the primary thing that we do is we sit, 
we breathe. And first we train our attention by focusing on the breathing, which Yuval mentions. And then we start to do body scans where we just pass our awareness through our entire body and you become acquainted with the sensations within your body. It could be cool, heat, tingling, the feeling of your breath, the feeling of wind, sounds, whatever the things are that are sensations in your body. And what you'll notice is sometimes there's unpleasant sensations in your body, sometimes there's pleasant sensations. Um, your body feels differently at, at different times. Um, and the claim is that let's say something negative happens in the environment, right? So you perceive it as a negative event out there. But what really happens is something negative happens out there. You take in this uh, idea and it creates sensations in your body. Um, and the sensations are uncomfortable because they're associated with this, this negative thought. So you have these negative sensations in your body and you want to get rid of those sensations or you want to pursue better sensations in your body. And the claim is that everything we do, it has not really so much to do with the outside world but more about getting towards sensations that we prefer um, and away from sensations that we don't prefer. Yeah. So I, what I found interesting was that he went on this retreat when he was very young. He was 25. And it's possible that he was young and the retreat was so influential that the ideas, you know, the less objectionable ideas he sort of accepted, right? He said ever since he's been meditating two hours a day, morning, and then the afternoon. Yeah, that was that's exactly also. that's exactly what Goenka re recommends. Not that it's bad, but it seems that he's you know going by the book. And then he also s accepted this idea that we're reacting to sensations, which is plausible, but perhaps not you know s so supported. Like I, I I could just see other ways that the body works that we were right, give react an example, to, what would be an argument? Let's say I, I, I you know, have some thought that makes me want to do something and I might not be reacting to a sensation that I'm feeling in the moment itself, but I could be reacting to the fear or desire of a sensation. And I think that's different than reacting in the moment out of a sensation. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too technical. I think you're being too technical. I think this is also a major distinction in the conversation between Sam and Yuval in general. So Yuval's talking about his uh, you know, what he's done, going or whatever, and Sam jumps in and goes, yeah, so there's two fields of Vipassana, Ubakin and Mahasi Saidao. <laughs> and I've done more of Mahasi Saidao. And, and Yuval just like immediately jumps in and goes, I don't think there's really that much of a difference. I think it's more of just the idea that, you know, and he kind yeah, of... The idea that you're observing reality. He was completely disinterested in, in the distinction that Sam was trying to make. Yeah. He was just like, all right, and I agree with Yuval very much. Yeah. And I think it's one of the, the problems I have with, with Sam's meditation app. And even reading his book about it was very uninspiring to me. I read uh, Waking Up, uh, A Guide to Sp Religion Without Spirituality. His position is that just like in science, there's a right and wrong way to do it. You know, in meditation also, there's ways that's real and ways that are. And then he tried a lot of them. And the only way that's real is the one that he that he found. And he makes like a whole argument to build that, that the main point that you need to find is the idea that the self is an illusion. That's the only purpose of the meditation. And if you could go directly there, that's much better than the roundabout ways of finding out that truth or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if, and maybe some people need to have that strict distinctions in their head in order to be able to accept it or something like that. But it, it makes it very hard for me to, to accept that that's the only, the Mahasi Saidao tradition, the one tradition is the only one that's right, especially when you hear Yuval and Sam having this conversation and they both have the same, came to the same truths. Yeah, but one of them might have done it more efficiently. There's, 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 two, there's two things. There's the matter of efficiency and the matter of, I'll call it danger, of danger of radical inefficiency. Right, so there's there are some paths which are probably which is probably the path that Yuval took. Maybe it's not the most. It's also Vipassana. Yeah. So it's still within the same strand. It's still within they're the not same realm. Yeah, way. They're very similar. Okay. But you could take a path that's that will get you there, but it's not as fast as possible, mm -hmm. which is great. Then there there's a faster path, and Sam probably claims that his path is faster. Right. He's merging you know his scientific view and his psychedelic experiences and meditative meditative experiences and understanding of a philosophy and you can to, make a mistake i think is what he's also worried about yeah. so that's the other one the danger of radical inefficiency that's yuval actually expressed that concern uh, when talking about psychedelics there's the danger that that it becomes a form of sam said this on stage with uh, uh daniel kahneman uh a Recently. week ago he said that Meditation and psychedelic trips, they could become a form of masturbation. 
Right, that you're just trying to get a good feeling in your body, right? So let's take, they both agree that Vipassana is a good path, but like there are ones that we just experience. you know, you go to the beach and you're making yourself feel so good inside and it's this form of uh, masturbating, let's say, whatever you want to say about it. Yeah, but I don't know if I would even object so much to that one either. Maybe that's a good, uh, maybe doing that is unbelievable for your body. It's, it's better than, than doing a lot of things that we do with our time. The question is, is it better than the other forms of meditating? So if, it you might could, be better. if you could meditate and leave yourself with something beneficial after as well, in addition to just having an enjoyable You might be moment. able to heal your whole body like that. Um, okay, you might be able to. So if you can, then that's all the scientific. You found the all hack. the scientific studies about meditation are not about people that did what Sam's saying. hundred percent not. For sure not. They're just about med- the scientific studies right. about meditation aren't about any. That's why I have a big problem with the studies in general. Also, like, what were they doing? Does it make a difference what I do if I just focus on my breathing? Is that sufficient? If I think while I sit, yeah. is that efficient? You know. This it's like the studies on on the American diets, right? Like we know that the American diet is horrible. We know that meditating has some benefit, right? Like they'll study a plant-based diet, a Mediterranean diet. They're all, they're all better than the, Amer- the standard American diet. But, so, so we don't have studies to tell us which one is most efficient, but we could have suspicions. And I, you know, I, I, I think if, once you don't have concrete, uh, you know, studies anymore, then the only option is to go with your suspicions, the people you trust, uh, on the more efficient path and your intuitions and m- maybe you don't think Sam's path is the most efficient and then that makes sense Or maybe it's not most efficient for you. I think it's part of the same delusion That there's a perfect path to it and there's one thing to do like that. I don't think there's a perfect path I think they're just better and worse paths, right? I'm not saying Sam's path is the perfect path. No one knows the perfect path, right? Yeah, and also it might just be a better path for him it might or be. for someone like him. It might be. Might not be the better path for me. But I think making such a strong, it, it, it feels almost tribal when Yuval, another Vipassana proponent, yeah. is g- getting into a distinction between, you know, Sam's making a distinction between him and Yuval, and really, uh, yeah, I think it would be better to have them be lumped. You know, Sam's reluctant to have it be yeah. lumped. To be fair, when you start with, uh, you know, S- Sam, you know, one of his quote-unquote advertisements for his app, one of his bits on his podcast, he did say, you know, you could go with my app, you could go with Headspace. Yeah, and like he, he acknowledged right. that that they're mostly similar. Fine, but all of his conversations, I think, are bogged down by these distinctions. Every yeah. time I've heard him talk about it, it's been less compelling than I think it could be. Like when he speaks to Goldstein and, and they'll spend hours on this, the list of teachers and the yeah. traditions, I, you know, I don't... I, but that's because his perspective is not to meditate or to not meditate he's tried out you know all different types of meditation uh, for years he's been on you know a a cumulative two years of silent retreats his perspective is what type of meditation should i do every day right but i I guess for the listener that doesn't meditate it could be frustrating we sort of just need our our rabbi in a way to tell us as a beginner this is what you should do right um all right, so anyhow, that was the meditation. I think it was fascinating. But I, then throughout the podcast, after you hear that distinction, they still both have the same basic truth that they're returning to about illusions, observing reality as it is. I yeah. mean, it mostly sounds very I think similar. there was one disagreement, and I think this one extends uh, beyond technical, and I thought it was very interesting. Well, let's hear it. Yuval was saying that you know all ideologies, in a way, are religion, right? He was calling the the fiction that that human invents calls communism a, a, a religion at one point. And even Sam said objected. He's saying you're calling science a religion. And right, so Yuval basically had a claim about stories, is the way that I understood it, right? That everything is really just a story, a construction. There really is no reality. Like even Google as a company is not real. There's no Google. It's this yeah. collection of stories, and which we've spoken about even the collection of moments in our lives being a story and not being real. Um, so, you know, you start stripping reality down that it's really nothing. Um, and it sounded like he was arguing that really everything is just a story. And Sam wanted to make sure that the distinction was made that some stories, there's still truth within you could still have truth even though nothing is real or something like that. Yeah, so, so to clarify, Yuval accepts that there is some reality or at least, you know, something that we'll call reality. It may not be a true reality, but like something that all the animals experience to some degree. And then he says what makes humans great, and this was his thesis in the book Sapiens, is that what allowed us to communicate so effectively and on such a large scale 
was fiction, was story. Right. Right. I heard him make that claim in the podcast also. Yeah. And the thing that allowed us to conquer the planet was our stories. You can't unite animals. Yeah. Um, so he said that's like the source of our, of our dominance in a way. Why? Because we could tell this story and then all agree about this story and then use this story. Yeah, we could, we could, you know, create, we started with maybe creating religion, mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, we created money. Money is a story. We created corporations. We create abstract entities. All of these are fictions and we've used them to scale and scale and scale. And ultimately, I think he sees us scaling to, you know, one. Yeah, so what does he mean by saying money is a fiction? It's a, it's a story that we made and then that we accept collectively. And it allows us to do something, but ultimately it's an abstraction. Because I have this coin. It's not actually worth anything. We have a paper that doesn't, it's not even a contract to gold. And even a contract is still a story, by the way. Right. But the dollar is not even a contract to gold. It's just a dollar. There's no inherent value. Right. And we accept that, okay, we're all going to accept that this dollar is our means of transaction. Right. But that's really a, a story that we created. It's a fiction. Okay. The dollar isn't actually value. Right. And so now, you know, obviously there are so many benefits of having, of having, a, you know, a, now yeah, at first it was paper, but now even digital, you know, representations of value, it's much more efficient than barter. Right. Yeah. Okay. So these fictions are critical. Yeah. And, and what was the distinction that Sam wanted to make sure was heard? So Sam wanted to make the distinction, make sure there was a distinction between a religion, which he defined as, as bullshit. That was his definition of religion, which right. I, I was, thought was a little objectionable. Like, okay, you just want to make the segmentation of religion, which you define to be not true. Right. He said stories about the afterlife and that makes claims that are unverifiable was his definition of religion. Yeah. Something that makes unverifiable claims. Yeah. yeah, I agree. He wanted to make sure there was a distinction between uh, true or useful stories. That, so that's how Yuval kind of twisted it back on him. He wanted just... There's religion, which is a, a not a true story, and then other stories which are true. And Yuval said, yeah, sure, there's different quality stories, and some are more useful than other yeah. stories, um, but they're still, like, equally true. I don't, you know, like, I yeah. don't know if he wanted so, to hold on to that. So this is where I think it gets interesting. If you take this story perspective and then let Sam, you know, Yuval's response to Sam was, okay, we'll make a distinction between stories, more useful stories and, you know, stories that are good for our well-being and stories that aren't. You sort of end up with a perspective that I think Sam is hesitant to take because it's it goes to another podcast, the Peterson versus uh, Jordan Peterson versus Sam Harris on truth, right? Where Jordan Peterson proposed this idea of a Darwinistic truth, okay? And in this case, we don't want to take a Darwinistic truth because that's about you know survival, mm -hmm. but you could take this perspective of a well-being truth, a moral truth, right? The the thing that is true. The stories that are true are the ones that, that will yield a uh, higher well-being, a greater well-being. Right. That's what he wants to call true. I don't know if Sam wants to call that true because I think Sam didn't like this whole idea of truth still being stories. Thinks truth is something different than stories. Yeah. I think Sam thinks that, I, I don't know if he fully accepts this idea of stories, of fiction. I mean, like, you know, maybe there's, a, there's like a miscommunication here. So let's try to keep getting at the root of it. So Sam wants to make a distinction between, okay, we want to say that everything's fiction, but there are certain things that are like fictitious, like a lie. Like if you kiss the, the thing, you go straight to the next world. You don't, maybe. Yeah. You don't. That's a fictitious story. If you make money, though, you will be able to use this. There's a, different, there's a difference. Yeah. So even if... One, everything is an illusion. There's different levels of illusions or something like that. I don't right, so I, yeah. so I don't think that Yuval disagrees with that. No. I, he, no. he agreed when, when Sam pushed back. He said, yeah, there are, there are different types of stories. Some certainly. stories are good for yeah. us, and some, but they're both equally not true. They're both equally stories. They're both equally stories. They're both equally false. So it's really a whole debate on truth, which is what you're saying, which I don't yeah. think we could. Which I don't think we should fully dive there. into. But, but I, I do think that the, the ideas touched there were, were very interesting. You were hitting on truth also in the Kahneman conversation when we discussed it. Yeah. What were you saying? It's I very forgot. Funny. So is it, it might be too. Should we go, go there? I don't remember what it was. We could go dive in a little. All right, go. So uh, this is Friday. Uh, it was a 
a spiritual night. <laughs> there was a Sam and, and Daniel Kahneman had a debate live. Uh, yeah. And so I, I was present at the debate and uh, more conversation, but, and Sam was the host. And Daniel Kahneman, you know, st his, his main research was on the flaws of our mind. He got a Nobel Prize for anchoring, I think, or, you know, one of the other uh, behavioral economics ideas. But, but this is what he studied all his life, the, you know, different ways our mind is flawed. And so Sam's, you know, coming as an outsider, his, his, one of his biggest questions uh, that night, he was trying to get Kahneman to tell us, okay, so now that we know this, how could we use this to make our thought process better, uh, more effective? And Kahneman's response was, there's not much we could do. This is the way our brain thinks. And at first, I, you know, it was very upsetting. But as Sam pushed more, it came out that Kahneman was saying that without some sort of frame, without some sort of perspective, we don't have anything. Uh, the way our brain is structured is based on all of these perspectives, all of our experiences. And so it seems that, that Kahneman is saying is that like, there is no truth outside of our brain. Our brain is the truth, or there might be a truth, but it's irrelevant to us. The so, truth we experience is just what our brain is, and that can be flawed and biased because that's by definition what we are, an accumulation of experiences. And there's no way, so there's nothing really true without the frame. No. That's all our brain is. It's, it's, it experiences things over and over, and that trains certain neural pathways. And based on the experiences we have, we're going to have certain biases. Right. So another, another area of disagreement or a disagreement where he pushed back, and I think that this might be, might be relevant. I forgot what it was. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, so Sam's main thesis. Sam's main thesis in general is that there's good ways, and I think this is how he deduces morality without uh, religion, is that there's good experiences and there's bad experiences. The worst possible experience, you know, something that would feel like hell to you, right, um, is different than something that would feel amazing to you. And we know that. And that applies for every single human in the universe. And we would like to move all of the collective experiences towards the, towards the experiences that we do like and away from the ones that we don't like. And that's our goal. That's what morals is as a society. Um, I don't know if Yuval was pushing back so much on that, but that's another, like, he wants, if there's no truth and it's all just a story and pain is the same story as pleasure, then, you know, he wants to be able to make distinctions in these fields and he needs some kind of um, definition, vocabulary of truth in order to do that. Um, when, when you say there's no absolute truth or anything like that and now we lose all grounds to be able to have conversations. And especially, the, you know, to even further that idea when they were talking about meditating. They said, like, when you meditate for long enough, this feeling of pain, you realize is not pain. It's heat. It's, it's, you're really feeling intensity. You're processing it as pain. You're processing it as suffering. But you're just feeling an intense sensation. Right. It's all about the framing, they say. And yeah. the, uh, the example he gives is that someone who works, uh, trains to be a, a Marine Corps or something like that. You know, what, what they're doing would, would feel like hell if you were told that you were being tortured. But because you, yeah. you're told you're being trained, um, you'll look back on that as the most amazing experience of your life. Um, right, so I think he was getting afraid there. But, but Sam just says, okay, but still, the, the experience, if you experience it as pain or if you experience it as yeah. pleasure, that is still true. There, that's always true. There's yeah. a truth about the, what, what you experience. Yeah. Maybe that could change, but for now it is true that certain sensations will feel painful to you will cause suffering in you, and certain sensations will be uh, beneficial. I, I thought this was interesting because this, this then goes into their uh, VR conversation. Yeah, and that's very similar to a conversation that we had recently. Yeah. And I, I think what the VR discussion came down to you, was... Introduce it first. So if we're trying to maximize, uh, you know, every individual's well-being, maximize our the, you know, pleasure of our experiences, or really I think well-being is a better term because it incorporates happiness, satisfaction, everything we could care about by definition. Uh, if we care about that and our technology gets good enough and we could just put ourselves into this virtual reality game that is going to maximize that, Right, which we talked about last time, if we choose utopia, and we said that we choose, that this is the reality that this maximizes is the one we chose. it already. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. 
that we wouldn't want the utopian one, but but assuming that maybe there will be a better one, yeah. and that we're mistaken that this is yeah, the best one. Yeah, we're mistaken. Uh, it was very interesting because Sam's intuition is that uh, it would be. He, I guess, his, his intuition is more that uh, that that's not possible that we maximize it completely, but if it feels good enough, we're going to start doing it. We're going to start using this VR game. And we're not going to be communicating with each other. And he just thinks that's bad. Right, so let's paint the full picture. So we have automation. Um, no one has jobs. We have automation. The computers, not only does no one have jobs, we don't need people to work. We're creating tons of wealth on our own. Um, this yeah. is a conversation that hits UBI, universal basic income, that we should just give out the money to everyone because we need to distribute the funds properly. Um, Yang, who's running for the, the presidency as a Democratic nominee and has been on a bunch of podcasts, speaks a lot about it. I mean, it's something that Yuval and Sam both seem like something that could be a good idea. Because imagine we have, we're creating immense wealth. So, okay, we don't need to work because there's nothing that we could do better than these. Uh, we're inefficient. Our, if we put time in working, we would relatively accomplish no, not even nothing. Not even relatively. Relative to what the computers accomplish. We would be able to do nothing. There's nothing that would make sense for us to do. Exactly. Yeah, like we could carry rocks up and down the hill. There, I think there's the. But old it could do it automatically. They're they're saying that we'll be like horses right now. A horse used to be very valuable. Now, if you give someone a horse, you're putting an expense on them. <laughs> there's nothing we can't work. We're like a sheep. We do. Yeah. There's no purpose for us to be able to do anything. So, in that um, scope. So now everyone has free time, and what are we going to do with people? So one, we have to make sure to distribute the resources properly, and two, we need to figure out how people will get meaning in their lives and continue to pursue the best lives for everyone. Uh, and it would seem that one of the ways is, especially if our technology gets good enough, is that people will be able to go into these worlds, and the world will feed them the positive sensations that they're looking for and help them avoid the negative sensations in the amount that they want. And this world could be completely fake, you know, like not real as opposed to human interaction, which is more real. Yeah. And Yuval pointed out, which I think is smart, that right now social media is still us playing with humans, is yeah. still what we find pleasurable. And Fortnite, you know, the breakthrough is that you play other humans. Yeah. Um, you don't like playing the AI. The AI still is a little bit hollow. Yeah. Um, he wasn't even saying social media. He, he was saying, social media. yeah, but he was saying almost everything we've done in the past, interacting in whatever types of ways we interact has been a game because it's part of some fiction. Right, there's no difference between religion, where you're trying to gain points, and this uh, yeah. video game where you gain points. Or business, where you gain points. Or business, where you gain points. <laughs> exactly, so we'll just play in that game, and it's yeah. exactly the same thing. The only distinction would be if you're not playing with humans anymore, and you're playing with the computer exclusively. Yeah. And both of them are very reticent to say, their intuition is to say that that's not, not good. Yeah. But Sam admits that maybe that's him being, uh, you know, a sign of his yeah, yeah, age or something. His age, something like that, yeah. exactly. So I, I thought there were some interesting ideas. So one is you could say that it's a very nice future if, it, if we really could plug ourselves into machines and optimize our well-being, sure. You could say that you're skeptical that that's possible, and it might seem like it's possible in the short term. But it was like, you know, they mentioned it being like a drug, and Yuval said it, it, they're, you know, we might be able to scale the dose up forever, but it might be it might really be that we can't scale the dose up enough eventually. Right. He said our reaction to pleasure is craving for more pleasure. So, okay, they give you more pleasure, and you're just going to have the yeah. equal amount of negative sensation of craving, and that's the going to stuff. And that's the problem, yeah. For, and what, we'll keep upping the dose, and we could theoretically up it in infinitely, which, you know, you see that like with porn addiction where people are picking more and more taboo things because they're destroying their receptors. And I don't know what happens at the end of that, but if you're in this thing and it could keep, the games would get insane. You could imagine you're going to be killing thousands of people and or have the or potential whatever. to be yeah, doing ridiculous thrill. things. Yeah. Does it matter what we're doing in there, I think is the other point, right? Well, if we're never going to interact with each other again, if we're in there forever. You're right. Let's say we're not interacting with each other in there. We're only interacting with with the game. The game, yeah. the computers. Let's say the computer could babysit us forever and optimize our happiness. Yeah, but does it matter if you go into Westworld and you're killing and slitting throats and sucking blood? Does that optimize my well-being? If that optimizes, it seems like... Or is it like satisfying the momentary craving, but will lead to pain? If you could do it forever, it might not lead to pain. Yeah, so that's the question. But I'm skeptical that we could up... I, I, I don't think that we could up the dose enough. I don't think we could do it forever. I mean, if we can, then we've reached true utopia. But until then, but so that it, right, maybe you'll get to the maybe you'll get to the bad part of that quicker. 
Like yeah. you start killing and you're ripping the heads off and everything, and maybe within a year you're like, all right, I, this is there's yeah. nothing here. So time at the end in the game, time in the VR game could could feel forever. Could feel like you know, right? Like it, it, you could yeah, do yeah. so much. You, in you a live a thousand lifetimes and you realize, okay, this yeah. was fun, but this is not the path that I want to go. And you could go back, but maybe that's that, that's important. Yeah, it's like the the gods in uh, you know Greek or Roman mythology. Like they lived forever and they sort of got get bored in a way. Right, and you'll yeah. try things, but maybe we, we learn. You try to plunder and kill, and there's no negative repercussion of it, and eventually you'll come. But does it matter, right? Like morally, if it's not real humans, I guess it, is it real other conscious beings or the beings in their conscious? But if you, does it matter? Like obviously our perception, if everyone went in there and was sucking blood and just having sex with everything, we would have, our intuition would, would be, be that that's much worse. Then if people went in there and were like building societies and saving people and, yeah, and utilizing their true gifts, yeah. Um, so I think I think Sam had an had an interesting idea, and his objection was that it's the private use of attention, like society is consciousness collectively is is getting shattered, and my my takeaway from that my understanding is that collectively working together sharing our ideas. Is, how, is you know how we make progress as a whole. If one of us makes a discovery but doesn't share it, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of everyone's well-being, it doesn't mean anything. So it's all about sharing our attention. Now, sometimes by you know taking some private time, we could share better. But if you start you know using your attention for private purposes that doesn't ultimately you know share at the end, that doesn't benefit anyone else then your impact on the world is, is meaningless and it's wasted time in a way. It's not useful for society to have you around. Right, so I think that in your consumption, in making the AI smarter, that's going to be your only ability to, to make help. Yeah. By like spilling your soul over to these machines so that they, they get to the depths of you they study you. They see yeah. what happens when you kill someone. What happens? How happy do you get when you yeah. follow these different pathways? You sacrifice your soul, but it allows the, the creation of these worlds, which are better and better. Like the consumption, that's what I, I think I hit on the earlier episodes. Your sharing is in the consumption. But that's only if we have a benevolent AI. If the AI is less perfect, and not evil, let's say, but less perfect, then your sharing is going to be, okay, I consume this AI and now let me you know, vocally voice my criticism on, on how it needs to change. It, right, but eventually it'll just by observing you. Not just the AI, that it the stories, wrong. the fiction, the corporations, the machine. Everything in it will get improved. The character will be a little bit better. The girl will be able to please you just a little bit more and they'll just be yeah. able to keep building it. They'll know your archetype better. And then the next man who has similar genetics to you who's born will right away get the perfect set up so here's a here's a good question i guess and this goes back i think this brings us okay the question is abstract but it brings us back to the to the vr conversation um, is something that addicts you you know that something that sucks your attention does that mean that it's make that it's good for your well-being is something addicting good for your well-being because i might keep coming back to this vr it's optimized to this right. ai it's optimized but it doesn't mean it's good for your well-being. And Yuval was sort of saying that he was saying that. I think true happiness, happiness is in truth. I think true happiness comes from the realization of the truth, which is that there's yeah. no self, and that in all of these paths you're going to get even further and further from being able to discover this yeah. truth. Yeah, exactly. The AI may be able to get us addicted, and it's because it's going to continuously make us. It's not going to make us happier, but it's going to convince us more and more that happiness lies in the AI in more thrill. Right? That's what it means to, to that's what it means when it when it you know you're addicted to it. You think, okay, I need a larger dose. That's where happiness lies. So it didn't provide me happiness, but it tricked me into thinking that it can provide me happiness. Right. And ultimately I could you know run on that train forever and I keep becoming more and more certain that my happiness lies in this AI. Just around the corner. Oh, I'm getting closer, and not only that, the happiness it provides me is even greater than I thought. It's going to bring me to a better but utopia. We're in this, this same exact position right now. If, if I yeah. make more money, if I build a better... That's what you Val saying. But we're in saying. as much we're of a in fiction, fiction now as we would be then. Yeah. Okay, so these might be better fictions for us, though. They actually do come a lot closer to providing happiness than what our current fictions do. 
our current fictions are so imperfect, you could do a good deed and then get punished. You know, well, that's not a, you know. So they mentioned that in the beginning. You've all said if you want to look at the question of are humans now happier than they were in the Stone Age? Yeah, that's his opening question. And I don't know if we could answer that. And I guess then that same question would go to the future. So that means everything that we're building is not getting us if we still, closer. If we still can't answer now that we're closer to happiness, that's concerning. Yeah, but I think something, I don't know happiness, but, but we're... Well-being? Not even well-being. We're more alive. We're more, con you know, like, I don't know what it means. They couldn't understand. You'd be a slave your whole life. I don't know if you might, you might not, you might be perfectly happy that way, but there's something deeper. We, we have access to more truth than we would in that mm -hmm. position. Yeah. The, tr the, the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil. Right, right. Like that the you, truth is is worth pursuing, yeah. and we're getting closer to truth. So before you're just uh, you know you're just this z zombie, and then now you have knowledge of good and evil. You have awareness, basically. You have awareness, and there might you know be more suffering in a way, but you have awareness, which is which is greater. Awareness is truth in a way. And then in these games, you would you would get more and more because you could live 100 lifetimes in the span of one, and you're gonna be, like, someone was telling this to me also, like, we're getting sucked in by the technology. I saw someone last night, he mentioned it. And I said, yeah, but we're in like the second year of it. We hardly know how to use it, but now we all have rules. I don't bring it into my bed. We're, we're gonna learn how to use yeah. it effectively. Like, it's not the case that we're gonna, it's going to take us over, I don't think. Like, we are going to be able to utilize it for what's for good for us. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Like, look at past ideas and, and see how many iterations did they need until they got it right. You could even look at religion. Like, how many religions were, were destructive right. until, you know, they found... And then even when, when, when there were good religions that were useful, right. still, they ended up being destructive sometimes. We are getting to better and better. We can get to better and better stories. I think they both agree with that. But Yuval thinks that the better the stories get, it will distract us from the only truth that we need to find, which he says is that all experiences are ephemeral vibrations. It never lasts, and it would uh, be even harder to realize this truth um, mm -hmm. than in the real world. Pure, in these video go games. pure Goenka. Pure Goenka. Ephemeral. Uh, ephemeral. <laughs> ephemeral vibrations. Vibrations. Anisha. Anisha. <laughs> Anicha. Anicha. Yeah, the, and it would be harder, so you're getting even further. So the stories aren't getting us anywhere. But I think Sam thinks that they are. And maybe that's the, the root of the disagreement between them. Because Sam thinks that we're making progress. I think Sam strongly thinks that we're happier now than we were, because that's the per oh, we're getting rid of the old religious stories yeah. and coming up with new, better stories. And Yuval's not so sure about that. They're all equally fictitious. There is yeah. nothing. It's only our experience. Yeah, but he obviously thinks that there is some story that could that could you know give up, make progress. Otherwise, because then what's he doing? What's he doing with his time? Right? Right. He thinks there is some use to the stories. He thinks that there are certain stories that are closer to the truth. Right, and I think that was the crux of the disagreement between him and Sam. Like Sam has fully accepted that there are, are different types of stories. We can create a spectrum of good and evil as defined real-ish terms, and there is a purpose in refining our stories and making them better and more effective. I think Yuval's intuition says that that's true, but the notion that everything's ephemeral and that nothing's real except for there's no difference between pain and pleasure or whatever, that would be an uh, impediment in him accepting that. Yeah. Also, Yuval does, I, I, I don't know if his intuition, if, if his rational mind thinks it's false. I don't know if that's really the because Yuval has stories that he thinks are, are beneficial, right? Globalism. Like, he has stories that he thinks are better for us. Right. So he does think that there's a way that we do want to steer the ship. But maybe it's, maybe it's in the direction. Sam thinks we need to find uh, the better and better story, and maybe Yuval thinks that really the better story is the one that's more raw, the one that's closer to the truth. So really, his story is peeling back the layers. And Sam's story is, no, we just need to build, we just need to build the right story. It doesn't matter if the story is, is fictitious, if we find the right one. Right, like Sam is not so opposed to the, uh, what does he always talk about? That story that's uh, utopian, dystopian, the Alvis Huxley, Huxley. Yeah. he's like fascinated by that. Yeah. Because it might not need to be true. Was Yuval more opposed? I don't know. They both seemed somewhat uncomfortable. Sam asked, how much should we value reality? Does it need to be real? Yeah. And Yuval said, it seems for now that that's, that that's the case. Um, that to us it matters if it's real.
that it, it's going to need to be real, yeah, for us to even get the pleasure. But if, but both of them would agree. I think that if it would make our experiences better, Sam would have to agree. More positive, yeah. positive. And experience. if it's sustainable, and sustainable, then we would be. Yeah. But yeah, so and I think the consumption. I just want to hit on that again because I think that really our what we consume is currently gonna, is one day going to be our. Uh, our contribution to the world. Like I think uh -huh. that when I go on, uh, you know, someone wants to do a good service, right? They want to sell uh, an item that can make people's lives better or something like that. And I consume it and I enable them to continue to do that work that is a service as opposed to consuming something that takes children and rapes them, that would be a negative service. Yeah. So, so you think boycotts are, are a great tool at our disposal? 100%. Yeah. You have to. I think that whatever you consume is, is very, very powerful. Like I think that my Instagram ads, I'm proud of what my ads are. Yeah. Because that shows that like I'm consuming the right kind of things, I'm enabling people to make the right kind of businesses, I think. Whereas someone who's consuming other things is forcing people to waste time building these ridiculous things. Yeah. And possibly harmful things. Yeah, so so boycotts in an abstract in an abstract sense. I don't know in the in the more less digital sense, how much uh, I subscribe to them. Uh, for example, my the, my butcher, butcher I go to. He has horrible reviews on Google reviews, and the reason is that a year ago, allegedly, one of the workers there handed a black eye a noose. Okay, this is weird, but but you would agree with the boycott in the event that you knew Where, that he had yeah. done something. No, also if I thought that going there was then shaping the future. that kind of behavior, right. With the AI, we know that, and, and maybe it's different because the AI is customized. It's tailored to each and every one of us. So right. that when I use the AI, I'm shaping what I'm going to interact with again in the future. Right. Shaping your own future. Yeah. I think also anonymity is one of the problems. Like yeah. I think it's very important that you open your YouTube feed and show it to other people. Like that it should all be public because don't just do, you know, be, do the things that you would want people to know that you're doing. Don't do the things that you wouldn't want other people to know that you're doing. Okay, but what if, what if I'm in a not fully enlightened society, right? Let's say I want to watch, let's say I want to watch, uh, you know, Sam Harris videos and I live in a household with, you know, super conservative religious parents and they would be furious and it would cause, you know, a, a big fight if I was watching you know, Sam Harris's videos. Okay, but so this is, this gets into like people bullying on Twitter and a lot of the different things yeah. that we're seeing, patrolling and all yeah. this stuff. This is only happening because of anonymity. Yeah, so I, I do think that we need some, you know, like semblance Twitter of responsibility. Like your Twitter should be your name. Yeah. Your guy, it, it doesn't have to be your name, but, but your you guy should one. be you, one online identity. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking that about video games where you could just, we, I think we spoke about this, where you could die and come back alive. Right. So. That it should be tr true in a way about social media. Like you can't just make a hundred different Twitter accounts. You can't keep, uh, you know, burning and, and rebuilding a new Twitter account because then there's no you have no you're not responsibility. Playing, right, you're not playing with the computer. That's the point. Yeah. If you're playing with the computer, you could die and come back because all the damage yeah. you do is not going to hurt anyone. But when the people you're attacking on Twitter are other real humans, and we have a social. Um, contract and infrastructure to prevent that kind of behavior, but now anonymity is allowing it's, you to skirt that yeah. kind of behavior, that's problematic. And the same way with your consumption. You know, you wouldn't watch porn in public, so, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in private, you know? Or, or maybe you should be doing it in public. Either you should be doing yeah. it in public or maybe you shouldn't be doing it in private. And, right, so I guess we're more liberated where we're getting to explore. We're getting to go into these worlds and drink blood and rape and kill the, the children. And I guess, I, I don't know if that is good. Maybe people will move through that and, and come out on a different side uh, and it's allowing them to hit bottom quicker. Or maybe it's, because uh, all that was in them. So what, what were they supposed to do with that? Yeah, well, I don't, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how good of an argument that is. Like there's- yeah, what, it was in them. We're, we're animals. There are a lot of impulses in us that maybe shouldn't be let out. Or that if the more you let out, 
Right. The you, more you have the impulse. Your fetishes only grow. Your yeah. your rape fantasy didn't start like it didn't start like that. You kept pushing the boundary and you created a new you. It didn't yeah. wasn't that you were born with that. Yeah, the more you the, the more you watch porn, the more you want to watch porn. You're engraving these pathways yeah. in your head. They weren't it's not the case that you would have wanted to do this. The more you troll, the more you want to yeah. troll. It's not the case that you would just troll infinitely. Yeah. Every iteration of an action you do you know, strengthens that pathway in your brain. It's, it's physiological. I think fine. I think you should agree with your close friends to show them your YouTube feed, to show them your, like, your friends on Spotify should see the music that you listen to. Your, you know, it should be yeah. a part of a, that way you, 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 do, you act the way that you would be proud. Or you could just realize that you need to act the way that you'd be proud to act in there also. It's, it's the same. Yeah. It's not detached from your uh, how you're going to operate in the real world. Yeah, I, I guess there I, I see I see two wrongdoings. Right, okay. both the troller the troller obviously you know troll we we hate trolls, but whoever was trolled the trolley also shouldn't you know let someone troll them Sh- shouldn't bother them that much this person reacted out of hate and your response was also anger okay so maybe it is a good experience maybe they're both learning or now both of their you know neural pathways for hate were strengthened so we i it would be great if we could devise a system to prevent people from trolling from you know spewing hate. Right, at so that's all these Twitter can. conversations we're hearing with Dorsey. Like we want to prevent these things on our platform, but also we want to let humans be humans. Yeah, and it, as as individuals, for, from our perspective, it's probably more important that we figure out how to not let someone just you know say the right words and suddenly we're infuriated. Yeah, but it seems like everyone's getting infuriated. They can't. Sam wants to get off of Twitter. He's unable to deal yeah. with it. Every NBA athlete is getting harassed in a way that they can't. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, maybe they'll get stronger. Maybe this is a new thing. Yeah, it's like p- people just like press certain buttons and we do something. It's nah, because you go you go out and people whisper things behind your back. That's just the way it is. If you're doing anything good in this world, you have a lot of people talking about you and pr- talking about you negatively. Yeah. I think that that's normal. So now they're talking behind your back, but you could see it. Yeah, it's all in front of you, and I don't know how. Maybe that's strengthening to be able to deal with that and to be able to yeah. mute that volume because we all have learned how to mute the volume. But it's just a, a very big learning experience for humans. Yeah, I think we're, yeah, it's definitely true that we're not used to having to mute so much. You're not used to seeing people talk bad, but eventually it's going to be like like you always. Heard Kobe was talking about the haters. Now these guys are like seeing the haters ripping them yeah. personally online and yeah. it's like what is going on i mean if if we we're starting to do this if i i'm i'm sure people talk about me you know but then if i start seeing it I, you know i wouldn't be able to handle it yeah it's funny this is the same exact idea as training the ai right like you choose what you interact with on your phone mm-hmm. and just and on social media on the internet just don't if you the same way you shouldn't you know interact with the bad ideas don't interact with the hate and in this case, maybe that you won't stop seeing the hate, but you will change, and it will stop, you know, angering you. No, but this is what's happening to CGP Grey. He's interact. He wants to hear his feedback from the fans. It's important yeah. for him to be engaged with the community, and it's all mixed together. He can't mm-hmm. can't help what he sees. Yeah. No, but you. The the point is that I think the ideal is that if we change the way we process seeing the hate, right? You see the hate, and you're just amused. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Like, I saw two dogs in the dog park fighting. They don't hate each other. No. That's just what they do. I was thinking, what is the human version of this tussling where they're, like, showing each other that they could bite the jugulars? You know, they're getting in there yeah. and, like, I could get you, but they yeah. can't really. They don't want to kill each other. We just use language. Yeah, so they make fun of you behind your back. That's just part of the, the social, uh, the way people behave. I don't know what the function of it is. It's just a joke. It helps people get closer. It's probably not ideal. Yeah, it probably developed out of some other na- need out of, Fiction, communication, gossip. You have to spread, let people review the other guy. Otherwise, how are we going to know? And and most of the time, the teasing is pretty good-natured. And some people are just off and whatever. Yeah, there are baboons in a certain part of Africa. They only spend two hours of their day getting resources. And the rest of their day, they spend annoying each other, poking each other, 
right. you know, like strengthening each other maybe. Yeah. Maybe the way they talk about you is supposed to make you stronger. But it, it's definitely, the thing that I've realized most recently is that we're in like phase one with this stuff. Yeah. Like we don't know what's going on and, and it's changing so quickly. Like we're gonna have to figure out what's going on now if we're gonna blow ourselves up during this transition, which seems very possible <laughs> and understandable that it would happen, yeah. then that's possible. But like, we will learn how to use these things, I think. Yeah. And it learn how to behave, and, and we didn't know, and learn how to train our kids properly, which we didn't know how to do yeah. either. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing as, you know, so many things we've seen. It's like cigarettes, it's like sugar. Like these things just came up, they were new, they developed so fast, they were attractive for a certain reason. And we don't really know what their proper use was, if there was a proper use, the harms. And so we just started using it. Right. And then with time, you figure out, you know, what's useful, what's Social not. media could hurt you. You have to use it a certain way. And also, truth, you need to grow stronger. Like, I always say that for high school kids, you post a picture with a girl and for her birthday, happy birthday, and another girl posts a picture with her happy birthday. Mm -hmm. So it's the same other girl. And your pictures are going to get very different amount of likes. Yeah. And it's just a reflection on your popularity. That's the only thing because the gr other girl is the same. Yeah. And you have to face that as a kid. Like you used to know how popular you were, you weren't popular. There's a metric to analyze your popularity. Yeah. And they're learning to, obviously it's gonna depress you first of all, and then they're gonna learn to be bulletproof to that. Yeah, they have to, yeah. They will, and think of how strong they're gonna be like that. Yeah, now, now in regular human interactions, maybe they won't. Uh, flinch. Yeah. Well, it's possible that they also get rubbed raw, but I think in time they'll ultimately develop an armor. Yeah. The, people are gonna. There's gonna be casualties of what's going on right now, yeah. and that's what I mean. If we don't blow ourselves up, like there's lines that you're crossing that you can't do to other humans without them snapping back and killing you, and what those lines are, and if we're gonna cross them is if there's, there's no policing right now, right? So you're on Twitter and you could just keep going at a guy, keep going at a guy. Really. If you did that in real life, that's harassment. You know. Yeah. If that. you did that in real life, you go to jail. You go to jail. If you do it on Twitter, your because, Twitter because account. Because if you did it, what would happen is he would kill you, and now we have an issue in our society, and yeah. we don't want that. So we said, no, you can't do yeah. that. Right now, on Twitter, you could do that, and, and then worst case scenario, the line. Worst case scenario, your account gets banned. You can make and a you new make account. It all right, so we're going to cross all kinds of lines until we realize what we, how we have to behave. But the kind of people that we are will be even better people, people that even when interacting with someone across the veil knows to treat him with respect, which right now our current human does not know that. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool stuff. And then let's, a little bit of a, a tangent from the pod, but I guess that's just how it's going to be, right? Just how it is. That's just how it's going to be. Um, and then globalism, I think, is the last piece which we should yeah. hit, because that is great globalism. stuff. I, uh, you want to explain uh, the concept? Yeah, so there's this concept that, I mean, it's, you know, you could go back in history first. We started building these small civilizations, and civilizations have gotten larger and larger and caring about more and more people, and you consider more people your brothers. Which has and, all advantages, because now you can interact with them. Otherwise, everyone's enemies, and we're going to just start chopping each other's heads off. Yeah, the more people that could work together, that, that's what makes us strong. The more people that could work together, the stronger we are, in a way. Uh, and so... Yeah, let me hit on this history piece. So you have... In the ancient uh, Near East, Middle East, whatever it's called, you have the Babylonians, you have the Medes, you have the Lydians, you have Egyptians, and the Assyrians conquered all of them and merged them all together as one powerful nation. Now, the Assyrians were not good to them at all. They would use real fear to, to make it happen because it's a challenging job to do. Um, but I think they kept it, and it was good. And then the Assyrians fall, and everyone's happy when the Assyrians fall. But then things start to dissolve right away. The, the Lydians and the Medes are at battle now. Now the Greeks and the, I don't know who, I don't want to say anything untrue. And then the Persians come in and conquer everyone, and the way that Cyrus portrays himself is, I'm the hero bringing it back to how it was. You're going to all have your freedom under me. I'm just going to keep us all united as one empire, and I'm going to help with the roads, and I'm going to bring the Jews back to, to the temple, and I'm going to handle everything. So it's globalism, one, one big guy. And Alexander did the same thing for the Greeks and spread this. And Napoleon did the same thing. And these were times of prosperity. The more people united. But not from a greedy perspective, from a perspective of everyone is, in, is a person in this empire that we care about. Right, we're not favoring the Persians over it. We're not so pushing not one America religion. conquers China right. or America conquers Russia. More like, uh, you know, the countries in Europe made the European Union, although that might not be turning there out There are well, different ways of doing it. That's the thing. So some people do it 
like the Persian and say, keep what you have going on. We're not putting anything on. You will help a little bit. Then you have the Greeks. You say, no, let's, we'll merge everything into one, but we're going to come up with a perfect solution. And you all have to do this perfect American solution that we spread. You know, yeah. we're not going to let you do your barbaric behaviors in our empire. Yeah. That's against one of our laws. We, we know better. Yeah. Um, and both, I think, historically have been successful. And unsuccessful. And unsuccessful. So I guess the natural progression is, uh, you know, just to, to Or Game specify. of Thrones is the other good one. Yeah. You have Westeros. When it splinters, it's horrible. So who cares who these Targaryens were? In the beginning, you're against them. You don't want to root for them. They were the nuts. We usurped them. But then you're like, everyone's longing for the dragon to return. You know, yeah. keep us united. Burn yeah. anyone who doesn't yeah, the, do the it. The Mad King was better than what we have now. The, the Mad guy King. that would just burn people randomly because he kept us all together we need to be united globally against the foreign force because if we're all splintered who's going to fight the white walkers who's going to fight the people on the other side of the wall and they yeah. touch on that that the only way that we could really maybe form a globalism i've always said that is if the uh, martians came from the sky yeah. all of a sudden we'd be like all right guys we're together in this screw them we gotta go yeah. get them yeah i i i've played with that idea as well i you know i just an analogy like look at Israel, something that keeps the people so together is the enemy. If Israel didn't have an enemy, I imagine that there would be conflict among themselves, like different ideas, religious ideas, right. crazy conflict. So we need the other. Without the other, we can't. The others. So what will happen, right, so that's the question though. So globalism is a great idea and, and Yuval lays it out perfectly. Three main issues that we need this world government for instead of being individual governments. Because as individuals, we can solve the most pressing issues of our time, which is climate change. Because we're going to all want to do what's best for us. And unless we're all together and saying, because that's an external is, yeah. enemy, what's best for us is not to do this. We can't keep doing this and we have to agree on it together. And I guess the UN is kind of a globalist movement, that, the yeah. idea of it, okay? Um, nuclear warfare. Like, if we blow ourselves up, then we're all screwed. So we, we can't do that. And if we're all individually motivated, we're going to want to blow each other up. So we need a world government. And then disruptive technology, you know, if we're creating these robots and we yeah, all are trying to yeah, outpace yeah. each other, we need to be one so that it could be humans against this mm -hmm. other force. Yeah. Um, that if, could be yeah, very if destructive. If we're separate in our competitive nature, we might develop a destructive We're going to have to, because if he's making it anyway, then he's AI soldiers... I'd rather come up with it first, yeah. Right, AI soldiers is not good for any of us. Nuclear bombs are not good for any of us. We don't want to have but nuclear bombs. But pitted against each other, it's temporarily beneficial. It's necessary. It's a necessity to survival. So it seems like we need to make decisions together, um, and that would be the, the point for globalism. And I think that when they made the UN, that was clearly the motivation, that that was what, yeah, what they concluded. And now we're moving the other way, where we're like, nah, we can't Every, do this together. Yeah, the, US the U.S. wants to be nationalist. Countries. Britain Populism is, withdraw yeah. from the... Uh, because there is, if we're all one, we, we're not going to be nationalistic, which is one of the things that we noticed. Well, we're a, nationalistic in a different way. We have to be nationalistic to we the world be, government, uh, but we didn't create... And, you know, ultimately, if we could animals. merge with other consciousness uh, or communicate with other consciousness, you know, just caring about all consciousness. Crazy stuff. So globalism, that's a great idea. And we've, we've played with it before. And I don't know how we get there, but it seems like that is where we will have to go. And what, and what model does this globalism uh, entity right. take? Is it going to be... Democracy, benevol benevolent dictatorship, not benevolent dictatorship. Is it going to be homogenizing and spreading one idea? Or is it going to be everyone do their own thing? Yeah, as well, yeah. Is it going to be, you know, the mad king? Is it going to be who's going to lead the world government? And what happens when the world government is led by a, a bad leader? Like, how much destruction could happen then? Yeah. The bad king. Probably tons of destruction. And it's for everyone. Well, and so there's nothing to mediate against it, like outside of it. Everything is, is it from it. Yeah. I, I would think that, I mean, either there's going to be some amazing show of unity or whatever force brings this all together is going to have to have a, a weapon, a power that no one else has and that's so much greater. Dragons. So think dragons or what, you know, what could have been was nuclear bombs. but, but and, and they were in a, in a sense, right? When That's a the U.S. had together. nuclear bombs, yeah. So now dragons, and, and now it's probably going to be some sort of AI where you could let all the countries run on their own, but if you violate our rules, we need to immediately be able to enforce. Twitter. Yeah, we'll so, kick you off Twitter. 
<laughs> the companies, where, right, the position we're putting ourselves in, though, is where the companies are going to be the ones that control it. And that's a scary thing. Because they have a motive that Profit we don't motive. disagree with. They have a mo- their motive is, is suck value out of us. Correct. And they but give value. Given, well, tr- at least have us think that we're getting value. They don't care if they actually deliver value. Is the government right now stronger than these corporations? And what happens if the corporations are stronger than our government? Because that means that they're going to be the ones to develop the AI. They're going to be the ones that control the light. We're going to use cryptocurrency and there is going to be no government. And who are they? Yeah, the question is just how effective is capitalism? Right. I guess we're we're once and for all going to know. No, but they're going to be able to do the things that we don't want, monopolize. And when there's no government to tell them they can't monopolize because they're too strong. Well, we're going to have to tell them. We're going to have the internet to communicate on and we're going to have to boycott. That's what the government is in a way. It's a, it's a collective boycott, union. right? It's a union. When we say we're not, you know, we're going to make this illegal, we're saying that all of yeah, us. Yeah, but they're going to have so much control. They don't even yeah. have to show you what you boycott. Who says they're going to keep it open? Who, you know, when they get too strong. And as who individuals, are they? as individuals, it's worth, you know, buying their product. Yeah, but as a who are they? It's scary so we stuff. Need, uh, we need because that's the path that we're at, though. No, but oh, you're right. Who's going to take over? And it's going to be Facebook and Google that are going to be the the yeah. emerging, the ones that emerge. So we need a, a globalistic power that's incentive is our well-being. But we know who it's going to gonna be. It's going to be Apple and or, Google or, or, whatever, or the equivalent company, of a corporation. Yeah. It's going to be them. It's not going to be Very our government. Possible. It will, because who's going to discover it? Who's going to own it? They can't. Not yeah. going to be able to wrestle it away from them. What What is the government's yeah. hand up on them right now? A nuclear weapon, but like but, okay, they control the I have the keys. AI now. Right. I have a more powerful weapon. Right. A company is going to develop a more powerful weapon. Hundred percent. Yeah. I was listening to Carlin, and he's talking about he's very into military stuff, and like from our perspective, who cares? The Persians they used archers versus the Greeks. They used this strategy, yeah. but he's like, but when historians tell you that this is the reason that history progressed this way, because of military techniques, you have to pay attention. Because this is, anything you say, ideas winning, ideas don't win, military wins. Yeah. And, and then I started to think, like, what is it about building a military that's so true? It's efficient, it's yeah. clean, and, like, so same thing with these AIs. Like, what they're going to end up building is a weapon. Yeah. And that's going to be the thing that, because a weapon is a, dem, a display of strength, I guess. Yeah. A display of, of unity and a display no, of it, ingenuity. It be, yeah, it could even be, the weapon could be used secretly, right? Suddenly... They could use this AI to sway public opinion as opposed to a physical force. That's what people are so worried about the election, that people, yeah. but they weren't using it. That would be a big scandal. The other pe- actors were using ha, it, yeah. still humans. Other humans were using this, but if... No, but right, when they yeah. kick people off Twitter yeah. and people say that that's a liberal agenda and they get nervous about that, it's like, no, they're going to, they could control public opinion. Yeah. They force what showed on the, on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, and suddenly, you know, Facebook has enough power, let's say they could... You know, or if Google has enough power, they could control what's on the screen so that we don't see anything bad about Google, so we don't know that they're controlling what's on our screen. And then from there, they could, you know, make us th- th- And it always starts in secret. And it always starts in secret. All right, so. Well, hope, hopefully there are a few tech companies that are at similar paces so that we have competition. Yeah, that's going to be the new competition, right. Google now, tries to pull the plug and you just move your email onto Apple. Yeah. And, you, and not only that, Facebook exposes Google, right? There's articles on Facebook or other search engines. Yeah, but they'll monopolize. They're going to buy each other at the end. Or merge, yeah. yeah like in the merge. <laughs> the, a few decision makers will say, oh, let's just combine. Let's just do it together. Yeah, exactly. What are we going to fight over? We yeah. have all the control. But who are they? Who are these corporations? It's not an individual. It's not the CEO. But w- with AI like this, it sort of will be it. An individual. But I mean, they're not even going to understand oh, an the AI. Could go rogue with also, the technology. they're not going to understand. Yeah, that's how they're going to pull the republic. <laughs> He's going to free up some of the screens, and some yeah. people's new the new version of the app is all of a sudden going to let in a flush of. Oh, why did that get through? Why are they seeing all this? You know, and they'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> Try to track down the guy. He hit it in a bit of code. We all should learn coding. Anyone who plans to be a uh, a part of the uh, thing. Maybe. Or just get money and power. Those are your two options if you want to be yeah, a part of it. Yeah, either either know how to code or get money and power. But so many people know how to code. I don't think it's going to be such a... It's valuable, obviously. It's a skill, but I don't know if it makes you so unique. 
and the cord's gonna get so big that you're not gonna be able to go in and find out what's happening to you anyway. Yeah. Or, you know, there's gonna be a select few geniuses. But these rebels are gonna be these, the coders. The coders, yeah, we're gonna need rebel coders. The, the warriors, we said, are gonna be the guys that are good at Fortnite and the guys that are good at coding. <laughs> yeah. Or, right, there's still the general who's the visionary, though, who but knows there are much fewer what generals they should do. Than right. coders. I think our society should become a military society where everyone learns coding all day. Yeah, and tries to hack. And hack the Chinese and, and Russian Yeah, government. that's all we should do. We just need to conquer, because if anyone else conquers, we're screwed. <laughs> all right. So um, I guess we're trying to conquer your minds as well right now. I don't know what we're trying to do. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. If you didn't listen to Yuval and Sam's conversation, I think this one for me was really an eye-opening. I, I remember when I listened to it the first time. I think this opened a lot of doors in my mind. Yeah, it, w it was a very good podcast. And it was great even upon revisiting so it. I revisited it and then revisited it again to take notes. Right, so me I too. listened to it twice. Me too. And then I listened to it in the past at yes, least once. Three times. Yeah. It's good stuff. So check it out. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed this uh, latest episode of Cold Plunge. Different ending there, but. What do I usually say? What do we usually say? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cold Plunge. I, th I think you worded it differently that time, but all right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>